Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. That's the best thing is to make it personal and make it a story. That's where gold comes from, is making it a story. Tell the story, but make it personal. Maybe it's not directly to you, but maybe it's to a family member, something like that. That's why I think this one did well. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Hello, everyone. Today we have another bonus episode for you. I'll be chatting with more photographers just like you as they share their experiences with receiving a silver or even gold award for our Portrait Masters Awards and Accreditation. Our first guest is Marie Sales, and like we've talked about in the past, taking the extra steps in creating your portraits will definitely help you achieve a higher score. Marie definitely went a step above to create a beautiful dance portrait. Let's listen to how she did it. Marie Sales, it's so good to hear your voice, like, for real, instead of just online. You as well. I'm so excited to be here. It's funny how, like, you can kind of spend a lot of time just on on social media, (laughs) you know, like, I don't know, kind of getting to know someone a little bit, at least, and then actually, like, be able to chat. is It's kind of rare (laughs) that you actually get to talk, (laughs) like, in person, you know? Yeah. It's different and exciting. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you are in Pennsylvania, right? I am. Okay, cool. And is it Pittsburgh? Yeah, I'm in Pittsburgh in Western Pennsylvania. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. So our topic today is getting that like silver that everyone is just really trying so hard to get. So let's talk a little bit about you know, what you did in order to get your first silver. So you, I know you said it took you two, you submitted This was your second round of submitting? It was my second round, yes, that I got my first silver. Okay, what do you think made this photo extra special that the judges thought, okay, this is a silver? I think them looking at it, and I say this from me looking at it too, for my silver, it has this just a serene, and I know when I look at it, of course it's my work, it has like an angel-like quality. It's serene, it's peaceful. It's very calming and not just her pose and the fabric, but I tried to put the image overall together to have the tones even be just like a very calming presence. And that's why I look every time I see it, that's exactly how I feel. And I feel like that's what they, they saw when they looked at it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And, you know, like you said, with the calming, it was like the color choices, that also help. And also, I feel like the editing. So if you want to see these photos, obviously, you can go into the show notes, and there will be a link there for you. But what I'm noticing is that just where it should be almost like blurred. And I don't know if you did that in post or if that was just 
how the fabric flowed, but like her shoes are really in focus and her face is really in focus. Like you can tell what is moving and what isn't. And Mm -hmm. it's just really, really beautifully done. The lighting is perfect. The editing, like it's just, it's really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And I feel like it's not something that this was just like your typical client work. Like, I, I feel like you put more into this than what you would just, you know, not to say that you don't work hard on client work. Of course you do. But you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, oh, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Did you shoot this specifically for awards? I did shoot it for awards. <laughs> I took quite a bit of time beforehand to learn about ballet as much as I could mm-hmm. as somebody who never mm-hmm. danced ballet, but was a dancer and respected mm-hmm. the art of it. So knowing ballerinas who that's what they went to school for, I reached out to them and said, Hey, how can I learn? Even if it's just watching a movie, like what would you recommend? And just to learn like their world and understand them, that's like I feel like what really helped me and to prepare to work with a ballerina and to get in almost Mm -hmm. get to their mindset, you know, of their craft. So, and that's, that's really a lot of what I did besides, you know, so I did some studying, of course, watching Sue's videos. I think I rewatched so many of the dance videos Mm -hmm. over and over. Susan Stripling, when she worked with dancers at, I believe it was 2017 Portrait Masters Mm -hmm. and her talking about understanding the dancer as well. Um, And I, I just really tried to take all that in and really respect their craft and bring it into my craft. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And there's this common theme from talking with people who got their silver is they kind of went one step above. You know, Mm -hmm. like you took time to actually learn at least some things about ballet and about dancers. And you chose someone, you said this in in the Superice Education Facebook group, you said that you chose someone who was just as passionate about her craft as you are about your craft. Yes. And that is so important. It is. It is. Her and I, we just met through Instagram. <laughs> and, oh, nice. But through Instagram and seeing seeing people's feeds, you kind of get a feel of what they're passionate about. And everything she shared, she was actually in university for dance and theater and things. And just seeing her posting videos and things like that, I knew like how much passion she had for what she does. And of course, like with talking to her. But just really, you know, if you talk to me about photography, if you talk to any of us about photography, you know, you can hear our passion in our voice. And hearing somebody mm-hmm. else talk about dance, that it was, it's just so amazing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, I don't know if you heard the announcement that Sue made, but there's a new category this year called movement. And that category is going to stay. So any sort of like dance style portraits or like, I feel like you have, I'm looking at your, your you're an associate. So you have your... Yes. Accreditation. Yeah. And I'm looking at your profile on the website under, if you click on choose an accredited photographer, and a lot of your photos have movement in it. So do you think you'll submit some to the movement category this time? I think so. I love movement. Give me fabrics. And I am just in (laughs) my world. (laughs) I have so many. And if I can incorporate them into any photo, even if it's like a family session, I will try and pull them out. So I love movement. I just, I feel like it adds so much. I can tell you do. (laughs) Yeah. This second photo, the one that if you didn't get a, a silver, I'm sure it was pretty damn close. But with the red fabric, 
She's a gorgeous black woman, and she's got like, fe- like a turquoise feather dress. Yes, <laughs> that is a really, really beautiful photo. What? Thank what you. is that dress made of? Is that feathers? So it's actually made out of fake flowers, <laughs> and oh, okay, they are zip tied into chicken wire <laughs> to make the skirt. Oh my gosh! Yep. And, Did you make uh, that? I did. (laughs) Marie, wow. That's incredible. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And then the top she has on is just the, like the vine leaves that you can get at the craft store. Um, And Mm -hmm. I just hot glued them to like a a bralette type of thing and made that top. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. I never would have like been at Michael's and saw those leaves. I know exactly what leaves you're talking about. I thought (laughs) it could translate into something so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. I mean, again, you know, for people out there listening, it's like the images that score really high, there's there's something special about them, whether they tell a story or the props and the posing and the editing is all just styled so well and so beautifully. And like, there's really you not a lot of room for error. Yeah. <laughs> And I think when we all look at our own work, we see a lot of errors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it can be hard to really pull yourself away from that sometimes. But they're re- like you said, like having that small room for errors. But sometimes it's, I also feel like at the same time, those errors like add beauty as well to it too. Yeah, yeah. They can be so like sometimes, you know, great and sometimes not so great. So <laughs> right, right. you try to work through them, but keep them minimal and... But also kind of like love them too. <laughs> so, yeah. Because yeah. it helps shape the For photo. Sure. I look at every photo I know and I'm like, oh, I wish I would have fixed that one little piece or, you know, whatever it is. But sometimes it just, that little piece added something too. So, <laughs> yeah. That happens to me sometimes when I'll post a photo or something and then it'll come back into my memories of like Facebook or whatever. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I totally missed that. Or like, <laughs> like, oops. I think a lot of people say what they do is once they finish editing a photo for awards or whatever, they'll put it away and then come back to it. Do you ever mm-hmm. do that? Or are you just like, oh, it's done. I'm uploading. No, I put it away. And then Richard Wood mentioned also like his process is he'll put it upside down. Mm-hmm. And I try to adapt to doing that as well looking at it differently but also like stepping away because you're always going to see something different mm-hmm. and I've even you know you just turn it even different ways just in photoshop even and you see something different <laughs> but I also yeah at the yeah. same time try not to obsess doing it over and over again because you're always gonna there's always going to be something yeah that's where it's like letting go of the obs- <laughs> the obsession <laughs> yeah but taking that for advice sure, is so sure. amazing to like walk away, flip it around a different way and look at it. And, mm-hmm. oh, like, what can I change? Or I see something completely different. I would love to change it to really add to the photo. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Cool. Well, thank you. I, I hope you do uh, submit to movement, to the movement category. I mean, and other categories, but <laughs> it'd be cool to see what you come up with. Clearly, you're incredibly talented and thank very, you. very creative. So Thank you. Yeah, that's exciting. Cheers to many more silvers for you, Marie. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. Thanks for taking the time just to share about your photos, and I will see you in the group soon. All right. Awesome. 
Thank you again, Marie, for sharing how you earned your silver. I cannot wait to see what you create with the new movement category. Well, we actually have another powerful portrait to talk about next. Angela Klaus is the creator of this image, and she received a gold award for it. Here is Angela to tell you about it. Hi, Angela. Thank you so much for being here today. How are you? Hi, Nikki. I am great. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so, so looking forward to hearing how you created this image. It is such a powerful, just, oh, I love it. I remember when I saw it come on the screen and I was like, oh, it just, it just, it really got me. And you got a gold. So I know people are probably dying to hear how someone gets a gold. <laughs> so I'm excited. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Nikki. I will tell you, it took about, it, I wouldn't say that everybody takes as long, but it probably took about two years of planning this because wow. I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And it was from Portrait Masters back in 2018. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. It was during the middle (laughs) of um, Richard Wood's presentation, and I had the image in my mind, but it took me two years to actually get it together and do it. Wow, wow. Okay, so tell me the story behind it. I'm curious if I'm I'm right. So I want to, of of what I gather is happening here. And and just so people out there, you know, you'll be able to see the photo, obviously, on the, the in the show notes on the, on the post. But it is a woman who looks to be maybe in her 80s, yes. and she's sitting on a bed, and there is an elephant next to her that is clearly, it's almost like the elephant really isn't there. It's almost, like you can sort of see through. He's sort of opaque, but not really. And oh, just everything about it, the way it's lit, the way it looks like a fine art painting, like everything about this is just so amazing. Okay, I'll shut up. Tell me the story. <laughs> like, what, was, what were you trying to portray here? Well, there's a couple things that I was trying to portray. First, the woman is my mother. Okay. So I knew there were a lot of things going on. This was, the elephant in the room stood for two different things. First, there's an elephant in the room. Everybody knows that. And that was when my mom had lost her husband, my dad. And Mm -hmm. that was the elephant. She didn't want anyone talking about it. She didn't want to be emotional about it. She just wanted to move on with things. Mm-hmm. But then also the elephant represents that an elephant will never forget. They never forget anything. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. my mom has Alzheimer's. So okay. her memories are fading. And those are fading just not an extreme rate right now, but, you know, will eventually fade. So the pictures on the wall, what she's looking at is a picture of her husband. She doesn't remember who he is things like that. So it's all together. That's what that image is supposed to portray. Wow. Knowing now that this is your mom and that the elephant represents your dad, like it makes it even more like I, it's, it's interesting because I got the Alzheimer's part of it. I almost, Mm. I, I stopped there. I didn't realize like that the elephant also represented losing your, you know, her husband and your dad and that, wow, that like, that makes it even more powerful of an image for sure. Yes. The original image was supposed to take place in her living room, but we didn't have the right lighting to come through in the living room because that's where they would sit most of the time. So we went to her bedroom, and this is actually her bedroom. My husband is actually standing outside the window with a light 
shining it through her blinds to get it right. And my son is on the floor. He was 12 at the time. And he was spraying fog into the room right below me where I was standing. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So it took the whole family to make this image. (laughs) Wow. It's such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful portrait. Thank you. It truly is. And hearing that, because I'm think I was looking at it thinking you did most of this in post, just mm-hmm. because I'm like, I don't know how, she, like, how did she do this? But the fact that you did most of it, like, while you were shooting, I mean, obviously the elephant wasn't there, but. Yes. Or was it? No. <laughs> no, it was I'm, no, I'm questioning. <laughs> no, the elephant definitely was shot separately. But wow, the fog and the light mm-hmm. and, and. Yeah, wow. It's incredible. I sort of like that it's in her bedroom, on her bed, as opposed to in the family room, because it really does signify, mm-hmm. yeah, especially now that I know that that represents your dad as well. Yeah, it definitely, not just better lighting, but I think it's more significance because there's pictures right beside her, there's pictures across the way, and they're just kind of in the light fading out. So I was trying to fade everything else out, but... Of Mm -hmm. course, keep the focus on her. So even though I thought about this image for two years, it's just thought out. You don't have to take two years to do it. If you have an image in your head that you want to think, especially if it's personal, that's the best thing is to make it personal and make it a story. That's where gold comes from, is making it a story. Tell the story in the image. But Make it personal. Maybe it's not directly to you, but maybe it's to a family member. Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. like that. That's why I think this one did well. Was, yes, the lighting is good and the lighting, I mean, there's things that I would nitpick on it, but that's, it told a story. And I think that's why it did so well. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because the first time I saw it, I was so focused on your mom. I sort of missed the elephant. Like, mm-hmm. it, at the time, I didn't really, I didn't know it was your mom, but. I was so focused on her that it took me a second to go, oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's even more to this story. And I think the point of sharing all these extra details and wanting you to share is -hmm. is so people can really, really understand that the amount of storytelling here and how above and beyond you Mm -hmm. went to make sure this image was special and personal. And, yeah. yeah. Do you always get really high scores when you submit? I do not. And I think that for me, well, the elephant is faded on purpose because it's supposed to be fading memory also. And I didn't want the elephant to stand out. So that's why Mm -hmm. you probably didn't see it at first. But to submit pictures, they should be well thought out. Mm -hmm. I have not had, I've had bronzes. I've never had a silver. I've had bronzes and one gold. So to put it in a higher bracket, it's not just your everyday pictures. You have to create something. Be creative. Use everyday life for those creations, those stories that you can tell from your childhood, those stories that you can tell from your teenage years, whatever it would be, that is what's going to be stand out. Is that's you know, something like this that would make you think about things, I guess, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. For sure. Will you say, remember before when we were talking and you said you submitted the next round and you were kind of rushed and you didn't score as well as you normally do? Yes. Or like you just felt like, do you mind talking about that? Not at all. So 
I mean, I know when the, the entries are coming up and everything like that. And I tried to plan out what I wanted to do. And I threw everything together in probably three days. This was for the following round after this, this one? This is for the round in August. Okay, gotcha. This um, August of 2020. And I had an image that I had previously done that did score bronze but did fairly well. And I wanted to kind of do that again but try to improve upon that. But I did not take my time in planning. I did not take a week. I took a couple of days. I rushed through it. I threw things together. I didn't. The lighting wasn't great. It was over-edited. I just kind of really rushed to enter it in. But there were two images, and they were, I would say that the most thing was the, the editing. Because there's always something. And I look back on all of my bronzes, and I say, okay, well, the lighting is a little bit bad here. It's not correct. It's a little overexposed or something like that. Or this is not in focus. And then... You know, I missed focus on this one. Why did I enter it? Or I over-edit it. It's always something. Maybe I need to pull back on my editing style, things like that. So on these last ones, I did stuff in a couple days and threw it up there. And I was like, why did I do that? Why did I even think about it and just wait until the next time and do something that was a little bit more, I would say, emotional to me? And that's the best yeah. word I can think of because these yeah. weren't emotional. I wasn't attached to this. Right. This did not tell a story. It just showed a picture and the lighting and stuff could have been so much better. Yeah, I mean, give yourself some grace, though. It's First of all, it's been a year, <laughs> right? But also, I mean, there's two different reasons that people enter the awards. One is to like go for the gold, which obviously you did with that one image. But I think sometimes people think that every single image has to be the most amazing image, but really, sometimes people are entering to get accredited. Like, that's what I wanted. I wanted to get my master's right away. I was like, I just, I wanted to say that I, like, had my master accreditation, you know, for the portrait masters. And and so I knew that I probably wasn't going to score silver or gold on, on most of my images, but I was okay with mm-hmm. that. You know, so I think everyone has different goals for 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 entering, and for you, it sounds like your goal more so is like to enter something really meaningful and really powerful and to get that high score. Yes. I mean, I'm still looking for a silver. I still want, would like to get a silver. But I really think that, you know, because I was in that position probably a year and a half ago where I was just so frustrated. I, I was getting bronzes and my scores were actually lower than they were the first time that I even put in entries and I couldn't understand why I wasn't doing better than bronze but when you really take a step back and you look at the images some of the images didn't necessarily have all the qualifications it would have some but not that and they bronze is still good definitely still great and I'm still proud of every single bronze that I have but to take it to that next level either lighting was missing or emotion was missing, a story was missing, or editing was wrong. So mm-hmm. there's all mm-hmm. that stuff that you have to look at. So bronzes are excellent, but to take it to that next level, it's just little components here and there. And then especially just taking a step back, looking at your editing and say, is that enough? Am I okay? Or am I doing too much? 
And sometimes you have to step back and take away some of the editing that you've done. Yeah, you bring up such great points. There's, it, It's so important. All those little things add up to be big things. And yeah, it really is. If, if you want to get that high, high score, you've got to make sure all of those little things are on point. Because otherwise, the judges are just going to totally knock you on it. I mean, your score is going to get knocked down for sure. So, I mean, it's it's stiff competition out there right now. That's for sure. There's just, there are so many amazing portraits being entered. It's like, wow. There is. It's going to get tougher and tougher, too. Yes, absolutely. And I don't want to intimidate people or whatever. I, I've no. shared before that I did not even enter the first round because I was too intimidated. And Sue was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like... You know, I was like, that's true. Like, I may, maybe I'm not going to win like a category, but at least, you know, I'll get my accreditation. I ended up in the top 20 once and I was very proud and I have five silver. So I'm very proud of that. But if you're out there, the best thing you can do is just enter, see what happens, learn from it, and just continue to grow and grow and grow. Yes. That is the most important is just to grow each and every year because even if you go from a low bronze to a high bronze, that's growing. Oh, totally. You know, I know that for me, the way that I looked at it, especially in the beginning, is the first time I entered, I entered four images. Two of them got bronzes. The second time I entered, I got three bronzes. And then the next time I entered, all of them got bronzes, you know. And so I was just ecstatic that, you know, I was getting there, getting there, and getting there. And then, yes, at one time I did get frustrated, but then I thought about it after everything calmed down. I thought about it, and I'm like, well, let's look at these images again and see. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that, you know, there were things that I needed to work on. Now, the image of my mom was just, I mean, I thought about it. How was was I going to light it? How did I want it to look? You know, even if it was just a picture of my mom sitting on the bed without the elephant, I still would have entered that. But right. I thought that the elephant right. would give that extra element to get across what I wanted to show. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just little things like that. How did I want it to look? And it came out exactly how I wanted it to look. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you sharing it all too. And and I don't know if you heard too the announcement that from now on the seventy fours through seventy nines are considered bronze with distinction. Because there really is a difference that's between great. a 70 and a 79. I mean, that's a, you know, so that's kind of what we've decided now is it's bronze with distinction for 74 to 79. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I've had some that were 74 and above, so that's really nice to hear. And hopefully I'll get a few more. And I'm I'm very happy with bronzes because I know that, you know, Eventually, I'll get more silvers than bronzes, and eventually I might get another gold. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. And as long as I am working towards a goal, that's all that matters. And, of course, yeah. my goal is to get my accreditation. Yeah. So Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thank you again, Angela. I really appreciate it, and thank you for sharing the story about your mother. And, okay. yeah, thanks again. Thank you. All right. You take care, okay? Take care, Nikki. Wow, I am truly still blown away by this portrait, and thank you again, Angela, for sharing your personal story around it. Next up, we have Mike Gillette, and he absolutely brought a story into his portrait, and I'm not surprised at all that he earned a silver for it. This is a bit of an emotional one, but when you can bring emotion into your portraits, it can become so powerful. Let's listen to Mike. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Thanks for being here with us today. 
of course. Hey, where are you at? Where are you located? I'm in Fairfax, Virginia, outside of Washington, D.C. Oh, okay, cool. Very cool. Okay, so I know exactly which image got you a silver, because I remember seeing it in the group. Um, You had posted it, and, you know, it tells a very special story. And something that we say over and over and over is what judges are looking for often is an image that tells a story. And yours is a really emotional one. So maybe give us a little bit of background of how you created this image and why you created it. Okay. Well, first off, I'm an advocate for kids with cancer. I've been doing that for at least the last 12 or 13 years. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I do through photography is I tell children stories. And we don't want to do it in a way that is like the SBCA commercials where people will see them and they feel pity on the animals. We mm-hmm. want to take these children, tell their story, and inspire people and give them a reason to fall in love with the kids in a sense so that they want to help and they want to learn more. And so when right. I take an image, my goal is to get people to stop scrolling. You know, my, my images sometimes ends up ends up on the walls of parents' homes, but for the most part, they're for social media. And when someone's going through their news feed, if they see a picture of a sick kid, they're probably just going to go by as fast as they can. However, if they see a, an image that tells a story or it, it causes them to stop and then they want to learn more, that's kind of our approach. And we work with children who want to represent other kids with cancer. You know, when you're diagnosed with cancer, basically the cancer is in charge. You lose you lose your voice. You lose a say in a lot of things. And yeah, we like to give yeah. kids control back. And in this particular image, there are two children. I had introduced them a year before. And when I first introduced them, Lily was just five years cancer-free, and Sadie was in the middle of treatment. And Lily was kind of Sadie's mentor, gave her advice, kind of helped her with some things like, you know, how do you deal with bullies when you lose your hair? Mm -hmm. How do you get back into the the swing of things at school when you come back? Well, a year later, sadly, Lily had relapsed and Sadie was finished with treatment. And so when we did the photo shoot, what we typically do is we do an interview that's usually about an hour long. We'll do some public service announcements. And then at the end, we do like a little bonus photo shoot. And for this shoot, I had asked them to come up with some ideas, and they said they had some kind of quirky ideas, you know, one where one of them was whispering in the other person's ear, and we did some other things. We had a picture of them arm wrestling, just some fun shots, but this last one is one that they thought really told their story, and in the shot, Lily, who's bald in the photo, has her head in her hands, and Sadie is kind of behind her, to the side of her, looking in the camera, comforting her. And that was their version of their story. And, you know, it's hard to tell from the image, but they were getting a little bit emotional during the shoot. And then, of course, like many shoots with kids, it ended up in laughter where they were kind of just joking around. But during the actual taking of the photo, they were really felt really connected and they, they really were kind of sensing that the enormity of the moment. And so that's kind of how it started. And really, I feel that it truly represents what they wanted it to represent, which means Mm -hmm. a lot to me. You know, it's one thing if I come up with a vision and say, do this, do that, you know, but it means a lot more to me when the child comes up with the idea. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you really can tell how connected they are in the image. Obviously, it's such an emotional story. And I know that Lily has since passed away. 
So it's, you know, to have this image, I'm sure for her, their families, both of them, and just for Sadie now to have that special friendship is, is so, so just important and special. And, and, you know, from a, from a judging standpoint, when you said you want people to stop scrolling, basically, and that's what you want from the judges too. And and when Correct, you go, yes. when you see this photo, that's what you do. You stop scrolling and you think, I want to learn more. Like you can kind of tell what the story is here because you know Sadie's hair has grown back, but you can tell that she was. You know, most young girls don't have their hair this short. Correct. Right. It, it kind of makes sense what's happening here. And and it's just really beautiful. It's lit really beautiful. It's retouched really beautiful. It tells a story. It it like checks all of the boxes for what, what judges are looking for. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's very special. And you know, what's special to me, I mean, getting a silver and I think it won like it was like eighth in the category, which is amazing. But what means so much to me is what that award meant to Lily's family. I mean it blew me away how happy they were because, you know, Lily had passed away about a year ago and her family has been really very despondent. And one of the things that happens a lot of the times when you lose a child to cancer is that your friends and even some close family members don't know how to respond to you. Mm -hmm. And so these parents are left kind of isolated and Mm -hmm. they don't even hear from some of their closest friends. And when I posted the, the news that this had won a silver, they were so excited. I think it got hundreds of comments on her mom's when her mom shared the post. And it just really brought a lot of joy to her. And that really meant more to me than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. The work that you do, you know, regardless of awards and whatever, you know, like you said, what is most important is what you do for these families and for these kids. And and it does bring awareness. It brings awareness and it makes you want to learn more about the kids when, like you said, there isn't just like a pity uh, I have to change the channel as fast as I can because it's making my heart break, you know, that sort of situation. It's it's really cool. It's really, really cool. Well, thank you. And, you know, I admire you and for the work you did for your friend Jill. And mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. that's been some years ago, I think, maybe seven or eight years ago. I think I saw the video was posted about seven or eight years ago. Yep, but I'm yep. sure that the feeling of, that, of those days working with Sue and Jill, you probably feel that positive feeling with you every day. I have the honor and privilege to be able to do that kind of thing with kids with cancer all the time. But when I saw the documentary that was produced about your friend Jill, it really resonated with me. And it helped me actually become a better photographer because I then took what I was already doing, because I would do a little mini photo shoot that might last five minutes after the end of a a long interview. But I turned it into something special. And even um, I was in actually in Grand Rapids, Michigan last year at this time. And there is a girl, Cambry, who's fighting cancer. And while I was there, I did some interviews with her, but I actually rented a studio. We went to like a thrift store and she bought a bunch of cool stuff. And we had a couple of dresses brought in and we did something very similar to what you did. And I was inspired by that when I normally would have done a five minute photo shoot in the hallway of the hospital. Mm-hmm. We did something extra special for her, and you know, I thank you for inspiring me to do that. Yeah, I mean, that was all Jill and Sue for sure. I just happened to bring the two of them together, but yeah, I mean, what Sue did for Jill and Haley Bartholomew did the documentary. It's called The Light That Shines. If you're out there and you haven't seen it or heard of it yet, it's called The Light That Shines. If you Google Light That Shines Jill, it truly made the last few years of Jill's life 
have more joy. Like she felt a purpose. She felt just beautiful. You know, she it just really brought her joy in those last years of really, really traumatic experiences having cancer. So I'm so happy that that inspired you. God, Jill's so happy looking down, hearing that, <laughs> you know, you're helping other other kids or, you know, women or who, whomever experience some joy during this time. It's it's really a horrible thing. I, my very best friend, you know, obviously we lost Jill. My best friend Katie died from cancer as well. And it's just one of those things where you see, uh, it's just like one of the most horrible experiences you can ever go through as a human being. And, and to bring people just a little bit of joy, just a little bit of something of sparked during a, a very tough time is, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I love about photography is that it is an incredible tool, not only to raise awareness of things, but also to empower your subjects. And Lily, for example, when I first met her, her family's house was on the market. They wanted to get out of their town because Lily wasn't fitting in at school. She was getting bullied a little bit. She had zero self-esteem. And through photography and, and some of the videos that I produced, her confidence came back. And mm -hmm. she became so inspired, so full of life. And she was helping other children who were fighting cancer. And that really meant the world to her. Her parents took their house off the market. Lily ended up being featured in her school newspaper. And then all of a sudden became pretty popular. She was named homecoming princess. And, wow. you know, oh, it wow. became a turning point in her life. And it really was through the power of photos that mm -hmm. she was able to tell her story. And, you know, it's something that I feel every single person has a story and it's something that we as photographers really have an obligation to find that story and bring it out. It doesn't have to be cancer or something that's terribly traumatic. You know, it could be something that is, you know, somebody's, something somebody's very passionate about. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go into every portrait session and you look for that unique thing and you work with them during the consultation to find the unique thing, you know, maybe you do a, a, a basic shoot or the standard shoot, but reserve the last 25% for something totally creative and unique that is related to that person, it could make all the difference. It may be not the most typical photo that they're going to put as their Facebook profile picture, but it could be something that really has a lot of meaning to them later. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's really the message here and kind of, you know, why I wanted you to come on and talk about this is, like you said, it doesn't have to be cancer, but something that is important to you or something that means something to you Find a way to photograph it in a way that's really special. I mean, it could be, you know, anything that you feel excited about. Maybe you love the color pink, or maybe you feel really, like, dedicated to helping farmers keep their land. I mean, I'm just literally throwing things out there, like random things. But whatever you feel excited about or passionate about or something you want to help someone with or just show off something like find a way to make it special and, and make it that like scroll stopper, like you said. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And keep it storytelling too. Exactly. And I consider myself a storyteller. I have been a professional photographer for about 35 years. I kind of focused more on filmmaking about maybe 20 years ago because I felt like I could tell a better story through video. But over time, I've come back to photography as my main tool because I feel that an image can tell a story just as well as voice and images and that type of thing. So moving pictures and still pictures, really, there's not much difference. 
But with a still photo, one of the things that I love about it is that it's always there. When you take an image and you put it on somebody's wall, it's always there. With video, unfortunately, a lot of times the videos that I produce, someone will watch them and never see them again, or they'll watch them, bring them out every couple of years. Mm-hmm. But with photography, I, like I know, for instance, at, at Lily's house, my images are all around their house. They're part of you know their home. Where the videos probably sit on a computer and they have to open them up and they maybe see them you know every once in a while. Right, but the photos right. really are right there telling Lily's story every day. The nieces and nephews and their kids that she never met, when they look at their Aunt Lily, they're going to be looking at the photos that I took, not of the videos I took. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's such a powerful medium that we have, you know, just as photographers to to provide people with just lifelong like legacy photographs, really. I mean, that's really what it comes exactly. down to. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, like it or not, all of us are going to pass away at some point. And these photographs are often somebody's legacy. A lot of times mm-hmm. that's all you have. And as photographers, I feel like it's up to us to capture that person's essence, whoever it is in front of our camera. And, you know, who knows who's going to be seeing that. And this really, in many ways, it's what people are leaving behind. It is their legacy. And if we can create something that tells their story, I feel like then we've done a great job. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Mike. I mean, this is just such a good reminder to make sure in these images that you're submitting that there is some sort of story. And and, and if you can bring into it a powerful story, it's going to be something that is going to keep your score up, for sure. I mean, the other right. parts have to be there, too. The technical parts of it, the retouching, the lighting, all that. It needs to be a full package. But that story t- storytelling is going to elevate your image, for sure. So thanks again, Mike. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you, Nikki. Are you going to be submitting again this round? I will be. Yes, I will be. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the best thing about this whole experience, and I learned this from the podcast you did with with Richard Wood. You know, I had entered before and won all bronzes, and I pretty much decided I wasn't going to enter anymore. When I heard that podcast, it really resonated because there's some things that he said that I thought were really important. And that was basically by entering and then kind of having skin in the game it helps you think like a silver award winner. And really, ever since he said that, I've been thinking like a silver award winner. You know, I went back and looked at all the galleries of past winners, and it really helped me think like these photographers. And it really elevated my work. Again, I've been a photographer for 35 years, longer than a lot of Subies have been alive, mm-hmm. but still, I have a lot to learn. And by thinking outside the box. And again, I don't have the budget or the time that some of these in the creative category, I mean, some of those are so elaborate. But when you really look at a lot of the winners, they look like they were done with very little budget. They were just done with, you know, pure heart and artistry. And that doesn't cost anything. And so really, Richard's podcast, if you haven't listened to it, I would recommend listening to that. And that's really why I entered this last round. And I will be entering again. Oh, that's such good advice. Such good advice. And you're right. You're right. A lot of times it is. It's it's a simplicity that comes along with the creativity. I mean, the elaborate ones are amazing as well. But you don't, I don't, like you said, you don't have to go crazy with everything. It can be a very simple idea that can score very high. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, thank you again, Mike. And I so look, I look forward to seeing what you submit this time. So make sure you please, please share. Okay, great. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks again, Mike. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you again, Mike, for sharing the stories of these children, for helping these families. It's such important work that you're doing, and I cannot thank you enough for doing it and also for sharing your story here on The Portrait System. Our next guest today is the very positive Melissa Ring, and she actually used items that were in her house, in her yard, and only used natural light to earn her silver. Let's hear how she did it. Hey, Melissa, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, just trying to stay warm here in the Arctic tundra that I call Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you located? I am located in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Awesome. Two Pennsylvania people and two Virginia people on this particular bonus episode. How funny. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about your silver. I'm really, really curious what your take is on why you got a silver because I know you said in the Facebook post that you got a bunch of bronzes Mm -hmm. but then you finally got the silver is that right that is right and actually I didn't even get bronzes the first time I entered I didn't okay no I did not score a professional standard the first time around which was kind of a gut punch because I really thought that what I could see in my pictures was what other people were doing and I went through a lot of like the stuff that other people feel where they get really crushed or they don't understand and kind of Mm -hmm. some really negative self-talk. But I realized that that was not where my thought process needed to be. And there were some moments where I like was like, well, I'm not even going to do this. Why should I even try to do this again? And then I realized how toxic that was. And I was like, no, 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 I need to try again. And I need to understand why I think my pictures look good enough, but the judges aren't seeing the same thing that I'm seeing. And so I, I realized I needed to change my thinking, but also my vision. So the big thing for me was more education. Okay. Going back and comparing my work to who was getting bronzes and silvers and how to get to that level. Yeah. So, yeah. So then I started to get bronzes as I started to challenge my own vision of my work and also, you know, spin to a more positive place of, no, I can learn to do this. Yeah. I really love your attitude. I love your attitude because it's like, yeah, it's okay to have a pity party. You know, I give myself 24 hours to have the pity party, and then it's done. And it's like, okay, time to learn, time to grow, time to move forward. What can I do better? Now, do you see a difference between the photos that you took before and submitted and what you're submitting now? Like, can you see an obvious difference? Oh, my gosh. Going back, I can see a huge difference. Just, I mean, the level of retouching has grown so much for me. I went and bought critiques retouching course. And I mean, I still haven't even watched all of the videos that he has out in that, but just watching some of them really helped me up the level of, you know, quality processing and editing that I was doing. And I also went and bought Felix's lighting course because I really struggle with technical 
jargon and I do as well, yeah. Yeah. I mean that that I am artsy fartsy and I just don't pick up technical jargon really well. And so, you know, getting that course, like Sue's stuff was really good, but I needed more. I needed to dive even more into, you know, the pros who are who are experts mm-hmm. in these different areas. And gosh, Felix's thing totally changed how I saw the light. Like I actually learned to see it, not just play with the tools and the equipment. Yeah, yeah. And that was huge. And I'm working with speed lights. Like I don't even have professional lights, but I can utilize what Felix teaches and and critique teaches with really basic lower level equipment and achieve some really good results. So there's definitely a huge difference just learning to do those things differently and see differently. And I wish I could go back and fix those <laughs> pictures that I took that first time around. No, I mean, we all start somewhere. I mean, truly, I I kind of love when I whenever I would go see a, you know, some sort of speaker where they would show, this is when I first started, and they'll show like their really old work. Like, some of the stuff that I look mm-hmm. back on that I see pop up in my, like, old-school Facebook feed, you know, from five years ago, I'm like, oh! <laughs> or, like, you know, it's <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I mean, we yeah. all start somewhere. But, you know, I love how you yeah. said you don't have the most expensive professional up-to-date equipment. You don't need all of that. I think sometimes people think they need the best equipment in order to, you know, be successful or to get silvers or whatever, and and you don't. So I love that you said that. No. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely doable, and um, I, I just hope people get more encouraged and, um, you know, going, learning, getting those first bronzes was so huge for me um, to have just gotten over that hurdle of like, oh, okay, I can score, and then the night that I got this silver, oh my gosh, I'd worked so hard on that one picture, and... I'd actually had to take Richard's course to get to that level. <laughs> and his stuff was so helpful with like just zooming in and printing it and then looking at it and and just every single detail needs to be looked at for mm-hmm. perfection. And it paid off. I spent a month editing that one shot. I changed it probably 10 times. I finally came up with something that I really, really loved that really told the story that I was trying to tell. And I got that silver and I I couldn't believe it. Actually, it was hard to believe. And it was late at night. So I was like screaming around the house, waking all my kids up (laughs) who needed to go to school. (laughs) They're like, what is wrong? But It was so cool because it was like, you can, and educating myself and challenging myself and not giving up and not taking those things for granted that I have access to. Spending the little bit of extra money on the education was more important than any equipment I could have bought. I could have bought anything out there and still been taking the same pictures, Mm. but learning and growing. Yep. That's where it's at, you know, taking those experts and learning what they have to teach you. Such a great point. And learning how to see that higher level of work so that you can recognize it. Yeah, yeah. What year was it that you first submitted? Do you remember? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) It was probably, it might have been the first round. Okay. I was just curious. 
Yeah, I don't I don't remember, but yeah, everything else I get is bronzes at this point. I have not worked as hard on the other stuff because I really wanted to focus on accreditation and not always just yeah. winning silvers. Yeah. And you know, I think that's awesome. I feel really sad when people don't appreciate their own bronzes because they don't realize that they are really selling themselves short. Like they've worked so hard and mm-hmm. they've gotten a professional standard and they're working towards this accreditation that's so cool. And like, there's nothing, nothing bad about a bronze. A bronze is awesome. Like how many people, if you go around in your community to just general photogs can walk around saying, I've bronze merits. I'm working towards <laughs> accreditation. True. A lot yeah. of them aren't, you know, yeah. they're not working towards a goal. They're not winning prizes or being told by master judges that they are a high professional standard. And that's a really cool thing. Like, we should be really excited when we get bronzes. I agree. I agree. And I'm glad you said that because I think people get, you know, down on themselves that they're, quote, unquote, only getting a bronze. But it is. It is a high score. But, Melissa, tell us about your image. Tell us how you created it. Oh, my goodness. I... It's crazy. It's a lot of mishmash of things that I have around my house. It's a picture that was inspired by a painting, uh, one of my favorite painters from the, I think it's called the pre-Raphaelite period of painting. Mm -hmm. His name is Edward Burns Jones, and he painted a series of Sleeping Beauty paintings. And they're just really, really beautiful storytelling. And I love art. I love paintings. I was an illustrative drawer growing up. And so I really wanted to create something painterly that would be something I would paint if I were that good at painting. (laughs) And so I gathered things from around my house. It actually looks like a bed, like a sleeping beauty. She's laying Mm -hmm. on a bed. And the bed is actually a dining room chair I spray painted gold. What? And a pace. Yeah. <laughs> and a bench that I, a dining room bench, I stuck up against it. I covered it with fabric remnants that I had and silk flowers and set it in front of my raspberry bushes. <laughs> and yeah, I waited I for the perfect light. I didn't even use any artificial light for this particular one because I knew I needed overcast light to get a nice even lighting Mm -hmm. in this particular area of the yard. And so pretty much everything that's there is is the props that were there. I didn't composite a lot. And then I had my daughter dress up for me and did her makeup. Oh, that's your daughter. Okay. Helpful. It was it's my daughter. Yeah, that's so great. This is in the teen and senior category too, for those of you who are wondering, listening. Yeah. Very cool. Wow, I love it. I love that it's your daughter. That's awesome. Yeah, and so she she just hung out. It was really fun. She loves it. I have it hanging huge in my house, and she is just thrilled with it all the time that she looks like a fairy princess. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, we just, I did a lot of editing. There was a lot of not altering the pictures so much as adding little bits of texture, playing with the color tones, and 
dodging and burning things to give them that painterly look mm-hmm. and just working on it until it really took on this kind of old world style with this very fairy tale kind of ethereal feeling to it. So, you know, anybody could really throw together what I threw together that her dress was actually from Amazon. It was oh, really cheap. Nice. Yeah, I like made her flower crown and, you know, the most of the stuff was stuff I put together. What's funny is when I look at it now, I can see what's wrong with it, which is really funny because it's my my best work yet, I would say. But now that I know what to look for and now that I have like the judges scoring, I can see where I could fix it and make it even better next time, which I think is really cool because not in a negative way of like, oh, I messed that up, but in a way of like, oh my gosh, I can see where I could improve next time or I could see where I could help maybe somebody else that I'm teaching or sharing with where they could tweak an image in my community as I, I like to work with kids and our local photography group. And it's like, it's so cool because once you start to learn from those masters and you start to see it, you can you can continue growing. Yeah, it's true. So I'm hoping, you know, down the road that, I'll, you know, there'll be more silvers and, you know, the sky's the limit, maybe someday a gold. So absolutely. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. I love I love your energy around it. You just like seem like you love to create and it's it's really cool. So thank you for sharing with everyone and telling everyone what you did and Oh, thank you. You made it sound so simple. I'm like, yeah, if I tried to whip that together, I don't know if it would be quite as good. <laughs> I I am a wing it person. I plan in my head for a long time. But when everything comes together, ultimately, it's very kind of like, I can just make it work. I'm just going to make cool. it make it work yeah. with what I have. I love it. Well, thank you, Melissa. I really, really appreciate it. And I can't wait to see what you enter this, this time. This will be good. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Well, good luck. And good luck working towards your accreditation as well. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Take care, Melissa. Thanks again. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you again to Melissa and to all of our guests today for sharing some tips and strategies for how to get those silver and gold awards. Make sure to get your images ready and submitted for this round of the Portrait Masters accreditation and awards. And maybe I'll be interviewing you next time, hopefully. All right. Thanks again to all of you for listening and have a wonderful week. 